Welcome to another episode of the Writing Expensive Words podcast. On this show, we take a relational approach to turning readers into fans by using expensive words based on our emotions to write compelling stories. This way, instead of finding customers who read, we find friends and fans who will go on any storytelling path with us as we walk down the winding roads that make up our author journeys. Get ready to learn more about writing the story of your heart right now on Writing Expensive Words. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Writing Expensive Words podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the breaking point, but maybe it's not the breaking point that you naturally think of. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how you can create a compelling breaking point for your character that won't catch your reader off guard. And I was thinking about this because last week I was editing um, a manuscript for a client and we're going through the, I was going through the final read through, you know, it's a big deal. And I realized that um, the, the character's breaking point was pretty darn natural, <laughs> which hopefully, right, because I developmental edited this book as well. But I was thinking about how. Uh, when I first started writing, I didn't really know how to do this, and I would get comments from readers. And I thought back to my very first fiction novel, Newfangled, which is not going to be for sale much longer because I need to get that off my Amazon page. I'm just waiting until I have the old school series ready so I can have uh, proof of concept, if you will, that I actually know how to write fiction, and that I can write fiction, and that uh, that's why you should trust me to listen to as far as writing your fiction, I thought I would close that door. It gives me a little bit of a, a better acoustics. I'm here in the storytelling dungeon. And so I was thinking about back to that point when I didn't really understand uh, how to set the reader up for my character breakdown and how people write it and be like, that wasn't a reasonable thing for her to do. And I was like, really? A lot of stuff happened to her, <laughs> the main character, uh, in this book, and at some point you don't think she's going to snap, but this is what I've learned in the last 10 years of writing fiction and reading and editing, that um, you're the writer, so it is literally your job to know your character's breaking point, but that's not where your job as the writer ends. You also have to prepare the reader for the break, otherwise they're going to evaluate whether or not the character's breaking point was reasonable, not based on what's happened in the book so far, but based on their own personal experiences. Because remember, the reader is not living in a you know, windowless, uh, scentless room. They're living in their own life and they have all these experiences that they bring with them into the book. So how can you prepare a reader to agree with the breaking point of your character, which you know is a reasonable breaking point, without them automatically putting their own personal experiences onto the character? Well, you have to kind of leave a trail of breadcrumbs for them to follow as you're writing up until the point of the breakdown. Otherwise, they're going to be like, well, this is what it all boils down to. They think this one sentence. I wouldn't have a breakdown over that. So it doesn't make sense that the character did. And you're like, no, you're missing the point of reading is that you want to it, to create an empathy interface, right, where they can read about someone who's different than they are so that they can learn to be 
more empathetic to people who aren't exactly like they are. And so that's, for me, that's one of my main goals in writing. And a lot of the clients that I work with, that is also their goal. But how can you do that uh, in a successful way? How can you leave those breadcrumbs so that the character uh, is read as authentic and the reader doesn't automatically insert their own personal experiences? Well, one of the ways is to gradually ramp up the anxiety that the character experiences instead of assuming that the reader will know that. Because remember, your job is to prep the reader for the breakdown for anything that's happening in your story. And if you don't prep them and you're like, well, a reasonable person would come to these conclusions, then you're really not doing your job because you want to completely immerse the reader inside of your story. And if you aren't giving them little hints and nuggets and displays as to how your character is feeling then they're not immersed in your story. So let's say, for example, that I want to write a character. Let's go back in time. Travel back in time with me. Let's look at Newfangled, okay? So I had someone write in to point out to me that uh, at one point, Olive has just had it. She's really upset at her parents because they won't let her date. She really likes this guy, Dean, and she just leaves the house. Like, they've been yelling, they're arguing, and she just takes off and leaves the house, and she goes to her friend Adam's house. And I had people write in, and they were like, that was such an unreasonable thing for Olive to do. Like, why would she do that? I know she's upset, but it doesn't make sense for her character to just leave her house and leave her parents. And, uh, you know, Olive was kind of like a semi-autobiographical character for me. And so at one point, like, I would never really have just left my house, but I just couldn't take it anymore. My parents were driving me insane. Uh, and I'm not going to say whether they were wrong or I was wrong because I was a teenager and I don't really remember the fight that well. I can't even remember specifically what the fight was about, but I just left the house and went for a walk around the neighborhood because I couldn't take it anymore. And so, like, I was like, actually, if you push anyone to a certain point, it makes sense that they'll do something that's outside of their normal behavior. But what I hadn't shown really in the book was how Olive's frustrations were increasing the more and more she was trying to understand things and then not being able to understand them. Like she really wanted to understand the reasons why her parents were telling her you shouldn't be dating in middle school. But she was having a hard time uh, making that make sense in her head. And she wasn't really willing to talk to her parents about it to get that clarification, which she does after this event, right, happens. But what I could have done in order to help the reader, to prepare the reader for Olive's um, uncharacteristic behavior, which is what a breakdown is, right, which is what a breaking point is. It's when some someone has endured something so much that they can't endure it anymore and they break out of their normal pattern of behavior, so they're so upset that they don't follow the normal things that they would follow. And maybe the normal thing would be to communicate in a healthy way. But in this case, they're not able to do that anymore because they're so upset. So what I could have done with Olive is I could have showed her either thinking, right, because it's from her perspective or writing in her journal. That's another way that you can communicate what the character is feeling to the reader directly. So that's, you'll see that a lot. It's a great way to help the um reader understand where the character is mentally without just straight out telling them. And so I could have had her explain more of why she was feeling frustrated and show even the reader that she's not completely sure why she's frustrated because she's trying to understand this concept. She can't understand it. And the more 
confused she feels, the more frustrated she gets. So that's why, you know, you need to have these interactions that are building up to the breaking point for your character. Show the frustration. Show the anger. um, Even if it's, like, angry silence. Because that happens sometimes, right? When you're so upset that you just don't know what to say. But the great thing about writing uh, in an omniscient perspective or even in a second person uh, perspective, third person, okay, whatever POV you're writing in, <laughs> whether it's limited, omniscient, second person, third person, even first person, uh, you have those inner moments when the character's thinking and you can show the reader what they're thinking and you can also have them talk to another character, right? But not like in a way that seems unnatural, which I'm creating an entire course about dialogue, which is so hard, but so fun. And I know it's going to help so many of you uh, as you're writing. And that's only going to be available if you purchase um, the Write Fewer Words, Tell Better Stories, which is coming out hopefully uh, in a month. That would be great if it can come out in a month. I'm working so hard on it. Um, But one of the things that you don't want to do in dialogue, and I'm doing an entire class about this, is you don't want to have your character explain something to another character that they wouldn't otherwise explain. So, like, for example, if I'm feeling really upset and I'm not particularly close with another person, I'm not going to go up to them and then tell them all the things I'm feeling. I would hold on to those feelings for someone that I trust, someone in my, you know, support system uh, a really close friend, right, or family member. I And so you want to make sure that the way that you're communicating to the reader how your character is feeling feels authentic. And I know that that can be hard when you're like, but this is what I would do. And see, that's the danger that we have as writers and as readers. Because when we're trying to say, well, this is what I would do, other people should naturally understand that without me telling them. You're basically saying the same thing that the reader's saying to you when they're like, hey, I wouldn't do this. So it's impossible for your character to do that. So that's why we have to bridge that gap between the writer, the character, and the reader to show how these things work to show why the character is feeling upset. And we need to do it in an authentic way that doesn't put off the reader. And that's why, I mean, that's why we have the whole argument of show, don't tell, right? Because if you're just spewing all these facts to the reader, they're like, well, this isn't a really fun way to learn about this. That's why storytelling is the cornerstone of human connection. Because when you're telling a story... You, you're putting these ideas, the ideas that you want to share into a format that the other person can engage with. You're not just telling them a list of facts because they're not going to retain that as well. And they're not going to be able to engage with you as well as if you were putting it in storytelling form. So that's why we write stories, right? To communicate ideas. And as a writer, when you're trying to communicate to the reader why your character is so upset If you wait and wait and wait and wait and then try to explain everything all at once to the reader, you're basically making a long list of why the character is upset, which the reader is not going to enjoy and they're not going to retain that information either. So that's why we have to think about what kind of like breadcrumb trail we can leave to show that the character is getting increasingly 
uncomfortable to the point where they would do something that breaks out of their normal mode of behavior. And another great way to build up to this in contrast, it is to show the reader what the normal mode of behavior for the character is. For example, uh, like I'll just use myself because why not? <laughs> uh, the first thing that I do every morning when I wake up is I read and I have prayer and meditation time. And if I am having a really like if I went to sleep and I was upset and I'm still upset in the morning, you know, I might break out of my normal habit of reading meditation and prayer because I'm feeling upset, even though I know that if I don't read, pray, and meditate, that my day is going to be way worse because that is historically what happens to me, right? But because I'm so upset, I might be willing to break out of my normal healthy mode of behavior um, because I just don't feel like doing the thing that I know I should do, which is a relatable experience, right? Like how many times have you felt that way? So when you're showing your character, you can show them, you can show the reader, okay, look, this is what my character normally does. This is what my character doesn't do because they're upset. And that way you can kind of lead up to the big breaking point. And for example, so for Olive, when she storms out of the house, I could have shown you know, which I think I did show that she doesn't normally defy her parents. Like she's very respectful. She's very obedient. But then she comes to a point where she's like, I don't understand you anymore. And I could have had her write in her journal. I could have had her talk to her grandparents about it on the phone because that's something she does a lot. Right. And that's pretty normal. Right. Like when you're upset with your parents and you have a good relationship with your grandparents, you're like, OK, who can understand my parents better than I do? Oh, my grandparents can. I can talk to them about it. So there were all these different streams I could have taken in order to show normal to abnormal behavior, to show peacefulness to angriness, to show normal behaviors versus out of characteristic uh, behaviors that are the result of frustration, anger, and also I feel like some sadness, right? Grief uh, causes us to do things that we wouldn't normally do. So these are all things that you need to think about so that you unlike me, don't get letters that are like, I don't understand why this character freaked out. It didn't see, seem like them at all. What you want your reader to say is, oh, this behavior doesn't seem like the character at all, but I have all these different things that happen along the way that show me that this character isn't acting like themselves. And that makes sense why they lose it at this point. And the book that I was just editing over the last week uh, it did a really great job of doing that. I felt like this is really, um, this is going to make sense to the reader that this person has been pushed, pushed, pushed. They've gotten through this really hard thing, but now all these new things have come in and they're not really following their normal pattern of behavior. And then boom, the character loses it. And you're like, yes, this makes sense. I understand why she's upset. I understand why she keeps poking her finger into the chest of the person she's yelling at, which she never does uh, at any other point in the book. And that's what you need to think about. So remember, as a writer, your job is to create a bridge from yourself to the character and then to the reader so that all three of you, even though the character is fictional, are meshing well together and understanding each other and creating that avenue for empathetic experience in the reader through the character who you are writing. See, there's three parts. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. If you have any questions about how to write a successful breaking point for your character that I haven't addressed, 
please feel free to uh, email me, KNS at literarysymmetry.com, or you can uh, leave a comment on this YouTube video or leave a comment on the podcast episode or in the review for a podcast on any of the platforms you like. I check them all. I am so glad to finally be back with you, and I hope that I'll be able to do these episodes uh, <laughs> more regularly. My kids went back to school today. We'll see how that goes. Um, but as always, it is never too late to write the story of your heart. Bye. This has been another episode of the Writing Expensive Words podcast with me, your host, Kristen Spencer. I'd love to hear your amazing writing thoughts and questions from your awesome writing brain. You can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer or at literary symmetry. Or you can email me at kns at literarysymmetry.com. This podcast is funded by awesome listeners like you. If you'd like to support this podcast and keep it rolling, you can head over to www.patreon.com forward slash expensive words. You can keep all of my hosting and software needs going for the show by donating less than what it costs for one fancy cup of tea a month. And to be eligible to join writing coaching calls with me, check out the $12 a month sponsorship. You will get to ask me questions live about the story of your heart once a month and meet other cool writers. Thanks again for listening and happy writing.